is Master Jolly. Welcome to my podcast, Exponential Intelligence. Just want to wish everybody a happy new decade, happy new year, happy new month, a happy new life. Um, you know, this podcast is really about uh, the past decade, because it's almost been about a decade that I've been uh, helping people you know, throughout the world. Uh, some of the uh, some of the concepts, some of the ideas about exponential intelligence, and then also an insight that I had or a vision that I had that I want to share with you. So, and 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 just like most podcasts, it, it's not rehearsed. It's not written down or anything. It's just straight from the heart. Uh, it's easier that way. So it might be a little rough, just like some things. Um, but. Uh, again, you get the purity uh, of what comes through, so it's not filtered. Uh, and and that's, I guess, that's one of the bigger things on on, on what I want to ask, and you know, have that clarity, uh, but then also having that love behind what I say, because some of the stuff that I say that uh, you know it would never fly with anybody else. If somebody else said it, you know, you'd take it as disrespectful or, you know, get offended by it. But I get away with saying a lot of the stuff to a lot of people. Uh, and the reason for that is that it's the purity of the heart. Uh, just like a kid, you know, when they say something, they see something, they just say it. There's no, like, malintent, bad intent. Um, uh it, and that's the way I say it as well. It, it just is. I see it, and I say it. I, obviously, I I see things from a very, very say different perspective. Something, something to me that's so obvious. You know, like you say, you look at something, uh, and it's painted white, painted black, painted blue. It's like, well, it's obvious that it's painted, you know, a certain color. Um, I see a lot of the distortions that people have so vividly it's, it's just as you know it's just as say striking to me probably even more so than you know what's actually here um and and i'm not spousing my abilities or or anything egotistical like that but you know as as this new decade comes about the layers of purity wave you know, it cleans off the layers. So more and more and more people, whether they're ready for it or not, will start to, well, start to look at what's obvious to me and what's obvious to well, anybody at a certain level. It's obvious to nature or animals. They just see right through all that stuff. So that's what we're heading into. Um, but, yeah. but when I was talking about the purity, of, of what I say, you know, over the years, over the decades, especially, you know, I've seen more and more individuals uh, get so offended over the simplest things. And, and this is where, you, you know, we have to be politically correct. You know, people take people to court uh, and all this for just, a, you know, misrepresented word. Uh, and, and that shit just has to really stop. You know, because all those discrepancies that people get offended by, it's because they're weak themselves. You know? um, and as we go through into this new decade, you know, there's going to be a lot of truth coming out. And a lot of those individuals, they say they get offended, they get, to, uh, they get hurt, they get all this stuff. Well, they're going to be probably hurt even more. And then, unfortunately, you're going to see a lot of, a big divide, almost like a void that like starts to separate people. You're starting to see that now. So, uh, and it sounds dark. Right? It sounds like, you know, we're getting worse off. But in reality, that chasm, that the void gets, you know, deeper and wider. And as it does, well, there's something inside of us that really awakens for us. So, uh, and that awakening point is what I'm really, really excited about. Um, and over the course of the decade, again, almost, I think about eight years that I've been um, 
practicing exponential intelligence. Obviously, more than that, but uh, as a as a business, helping people. About eight years. Um, at first, it was very rough. You know, just like any new concept or an idea, obviously, exponential intelligence. I didn't develop it, design it, or anything like that. Uh, I basically cataloged it. Right? It's kind of like a scientist or a researcher uh, or anthropologist, right? They re, they they catalog what they're what they're finding out. No, same thing here. Again, I didn't create XEI, exponential intelligence, um, but I've defined it more and more. And then also, uh, as I've helped people, say, ascend or awaken people to that higher level of themselves, it's really created a, you know, a really strong, say, support system. Not only for me, but, you know, people... Uh, other people as well, creating that support system to, well, ascend higher, even higher, and open even more realities of what could be. So this new decade is about getting rid of all that trash that just holds us back, right? All the illnesses, all the, you know, the abuse patterns, the disrespect, all that stuff, That all that stuff has to go away. It literally does. Um, and in this new decade, you know how what that saying is, you know, the, the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Uh, well, in this new decade, the squeaky wheel gets replaced. And that's just the way it is. Um, because I know down the line, that squeaky wheel is going to be, you know, challenging for, say, everybody on that trip. So... In this new decade, it just, it's just like, oh, squeaky wheel, you know, you replace it, and then you don't have any future issues. So you'll see a lot of a turnover in a lot of situations, a lot of events, a lot of relationships, all those things. And by turnover, I just mean, you know, just a new start for a lot of things all across the board. So again, it's going to be, it's, it's very exciting for those people who are really, say, really raring to go, really you know, wanting to transform for those people who say create excuses uh, either for themselves or like an excuse to blame others. Well, it's going to be a harder road, right? Because this is all about you standing on your own two feet. It doesn't mean that you don't, you know, you don't get help from other people or support from other people, but at a deeper level, at a spirit level, uh, you're going to be standing on your own two feet. Okay. Uh, now, when I say that, a lot of people are really excited about it because, well, they get to be their grander possible self. You're like you're a seasoned athlete and you get to be a grander possible self of what you could be. That's really thrilling for a lot of people. And then there's um, maybe about the same um, people on the other side. It's like, oh, no, now I have to show up. I have to be. So, again, either way, you're responsible. You become, say, independently aware or independently generate the the happiness, the completeness, the abundance that you are. And, and it'll show for you. So so that's one uh, one concept that I just wanted to to get through. Um I, I, the reason why I probably it probably comes up is because I think in the past, it, it was really about, you know, you do X, you do Y, and then it's like, you see if you can get away with it. That makes sense? Or, you know, somebody else judges you, because that's, it's about judgment, right? Uh, I'm going to do good or bad, and then you get judged either now or then, you know, on afterlife. This new, this new reality, uh, time speeds up faster. So your actions dictate the consequences almost well, pretty quickly, almost immediately uh, as time speeds up even more. So it's not about judgment though. It's just something that is. Um, so it forces people just to be, say, aware of what they're doing, what they're thinking about, what's important to them. 
So let me give you an example. Uh, the laws of physics, right? Gravity. Everybody knows you throw something up, it'll fall back down to the ground. Again, gravity. We adhere by the laws of gravity. We adhere by the law, other laws, natural laws that dictate how this reality works. Right? In the past, we've thought that these are the only laws that matter. Everything else we can create on our own. All right? We can make our own damn rules up. It doesn't work that way. Right? Even laws of success where people have been successful. Again, it just doesn't work that way. This is about, say, real or what I call exponential intelligence success. And you have to dictate. You have to abide by the rules. Some of you might think, oh, God, that's, you know, pressing. That's going to be against free will. That's going to be binding. It's really not. It really, really sets you free. Just imagine... You know, if you're operating by the laws of gravity, right, what does it do? It protects you. It saves you because you know you can do certain things and you'll be, say, completely safe. On the flip side, with exponential intelligence, you know that you can do, say, certain things and then, right, you'll stay safe. You'll never get abused. You'll never get distorted. It's not a guessing game. If I do X, will I get abused? If I do this, you know, will I not get abused? Again, it's just clear cut, just like the laws of nature here. So those laws are going to be more apparent for us as time goes by. And it gets really, really fast. It gets really, really apparent even more. Um, the other aspect is that, you know, over the centuries... Um, you know, great, great individuals have come about and shown, say, the path, shown the way. Um, but a lot of times people don't abide by those patterns. They kind of see it, they acknowledge it, they even might admire or kind of follow that person. But, you know, their internal self, well, they kind of stay the same. Uh, again, in this new realm that we're getting into, we're going to get forced to change. Um, just like, well, how would you say it? Uh, driving, for example. There's a lot of people out on the road that shouldn't be driving, right? Because they just don't have, say, the mechanical knowledge or just how well, the physics of movement works. But because it makes it easier for them to run their life, right? What do they do? They learn and understand enough to drive. Uh, people on computers, especially smartphones, right? Even if they didn't like computers, right? They see what it could do for them. So what do they do? They break out of that shell and then learn you know, the, the telephone, smartphone, and they can do, I don't know, whatever they do on them. Uh, mostly waste their time uh, on it. Nothing really useful. Although, I'm not saying that technology is bad, but we're just using it for the wrong purpose. So in this scenario, right, just like we get forced to do certain things, otherwise we just get, like, say, kicked out. Right? We're not in, say, the standards of society anymore if we're not, if we don't know how to, say, drive, someone, or, you know, use a smartphone, right? You're kind of like left behind. Uh, same thing here. Uh, with this new consciousness coming in, it's, you make that choice on your own. You know, if you're going to go, say, with that new consciousness, with that new group, well, you need to learn, say, certain mechanics to get into that consciousness. Otherwise, you're going to be left behind. And it's really an exciting time, by the way. The excitement that I have about it all is because, uh, and I talked about it in 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 hindsight and foresight 2020. So you can tell, take a look at all the details uh, on what's what was and what's to come. 
just as this is an afterthought of you know, doing hindsight foresight 2020 the exciting part is that uh, you know when 2020 started right from the get-go this decade right again right from the get-go is not going to be about mending things or solving things just to recreate them later um or 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 you know finding say solutions to as a band-aid right say like um you know environmental issues uh, you know health issues repeating patterns right it's always like a band-aid we never like cure ourselves right we never are say completely healthy uh, you're sick you're just on that path of illness you take different medications, uh, but again, you're still on the path of illness. So, and that, and that's, and that, and that's what um, what this new decade is not about. Okay? It's not about repairing. Again, it's just like that squeaky wheel gets replaced, so we can adventure and go beyond. And again, the exciting part is that you're healthy, you're complete, you're not worried about you know, making money, you know, over, I would say over 90% of people's lifetimes is about sustaining themselves. That's not about that anymore. That's only going to be, say, about 5 10% of what you do. Okay? The other 90% is starting to see the limitless possibilities of who you can be and what you can experience in this reality of time and space and the way this reality of time and space works. Think of that. Because in the yesteryears, previous generations, you know, it was always about survival. It was always about, you know, doing the things you do to, well, what, for security, right? for uh, a rainy day or it wasn't about you know, reaching your full potential or becoming your best this new decade is solving the problems so we can move on and these problems solutions that come out of you know in the near future you know within, within the next few years you'll see that um, some of the control systems, say the oil industry, you know, gas and oil industry, right? Controlling, um, you know, outputs of electrical cars or other, um, you know, energy sources and all that. Those things start to, say, move away on the side. So control systems that have, like, stopped uh, growth of um, sustainable, say, resources and so on. Uh, or ideas or concepts. Those ideas are just, say, blossoming. They're going to bust out in this new decade and they're going to take over. So, again, more sustainable solutions, more um, Earth type related solutions. So, what that means is that, <clears throat> you know, say technology. Um, you know, we've advanced quite a bit as far as technology, but you know, the systems that we use to create the technology again destroys many things. Uh, destroys nature. It destroys us. Uh, it destroys um, the universal frequencies. Uh, well, it destroys everything. So, you know, technologically we're advanced, but then everything else. You know, goes down. So it's it's just like a opposite. Uh, in this new consciousness, like nature, it's sustainable. Right? You don't destroy to become better at one aspect. Every aspect of you or society gets better and better and better. So that's the new plan. That's the new route that we have. That's the new game plan. Um, and it's going to be fantastic. But to get to that point. Imagine the infrastructure that has to, well, get deleted. 
has to change. Something that's been in place for you know thousands and thousands of years. You know, like to say the schooling or uh, other systems, political systems, government systems, religious systems. Those things are going to get forced to be upgraded. You know, those are uh, if it were software. That's that should have been updated a long time ago, but for some reason it hasn't. And now, just like everything else, you know, where we get say forced to transform. Well, we've come to that pivotal point where we've gotten forced to shift and transform. So it's really an exciting place, um, which leads me to the vision that I had uh, when I was thinking about, you know, what am I going to talk about on hindsight 2020? Because there's so much to talk about. What am I, how am I going to narrow it down? And then when I recorded um, Foresight 2020, this is where that vision came through. Um, and it's quite interesting. So I'm just going to tell you, you know, the vision, um, more of a story format, and then give me feedback on, say, what you think it meant. Uh, so here we go. So go ahead and kick back. I'm just going to tell you like a story. Uh, and these visions, <clears throat> why I call it a vision or not a, not a dream or a dream state is because, um, well, I'm sure a lot of you have been in that space where you're completely aware, more aware of where you are, but you can't really move your body, but you're completely awakened on, you know, where you are, the position of where you are, but you get transported into another reality. So, um, so again, a vision, right? And in this vision, so imagine yourself, or imagine, so, uh, imagine me. Uh, so I'm walking along, and uh, I come in this beautiful, like, gate area, and you know, I walk in um, what seems to be, I say, a cemetery. And uh, I walk in, there's, you know, it seems like, you know, row of, uh, like, uh, curse, uh, curse. Um. So I see um, <clears throat> um, a row of, looks like, say, uh, you know, a row of sarcophagies, like, kind of like ancient tombs, right? I come into this vision, walk in. And I see a row of sarcophages, sarcophagus. Uh, there's about seven or eight of them through. So I think I'm in them. I think I'm in a, the cemetery. Uh, and it was interesting. It looked like a cemetery, but it didn't really feel like a cemetery. Um, I was dressed in a really nice, like say, suit. I like what you know, a CEO, a high-level CEO would wear, uh, and I thought I was going to a funeral, but then it felt like, say, a business suit. It was kind of interesting. Um, really nice shoes, by the way. Uh, I don't know why that shows up, but I had nice shoes, and you know, the looks. I wear colorful socks. The socks were there, uh, and all the details were there, uh, and I was actually surprisingly neatly groomed. So again, much like a business meeting. But then I thought I'm going to this funeral. And I'm wondering, wow, wonder whose funeral it is. And then it kind of struck me. It's like, damn, probably feels like my funeral for some reason or not. So, you know, I'm thinking, wow, I'm revisiting or I'm visiting my funeral. And I'm going, you know, and, and you start thinking, it's like, wow, I wonder how many people were there. I wonder what they said about me and all that. Uh, and I'm walking through. And as I walk through, you know, I see this beautiful sarcophagus you know, towards the end. And it was really highlighted. Uh, it was quite, it was just so magnetic. It was just amazing. It just drew me to it. And I knew it was like, that felt like my space, you know, my casket there. Uh, and it was very well done. I was very impressed. So, uh, you know, thinking, it's like, wow, that must have been a nice life. It was great. You know, I've had this beautiful 
sarcophagus, uh, you know, very well uh, headstone, a huge headstone. I'm going, wow, uh, that's really impressive. I must have done something well uh, to be, say, that known, well known or something like that. And all the thoughts is like, how did my, how did my kids handle it? My wife and, you know, all those things that would go through, uh, maybe some of the regrets, you know, in life, some of the things that say I wanted to get done, because I, I didn't know like the time frame that I had died. Um, and as and and I was walking through, and there was only like the seven sarcophagus, but then uh, again, it kind of felt like a cemetery, but then it not. But I assumed it was a cemetery. Uh, and I was walking through. It was really interesting that the seasons, like, flipped through. So it went through, and it was uh, kind of like a maybe a quarter-mile walk through to get to this one particular sarcophagus. Um, it's like the, the seasons just, like, flipped through, you know, summer, uh, summer, fall, winter, spring, summer, fall, winter. It just kept flipping through. You like a like a wheel. You like you just spin, uh, and and the seasons flip through, and then it just slowly landed on you know, uh, fall. It was like early fall. You know, the leaves were down, but it was still kind of nice, nice weather. It wasn't too cold or anything. Kind of like a nice sweater, sweater weather, nice suit weather. Um, and I finally get to the sarcophagus. So, and I look around, and in this vision that I had, I walked around that thing for I don't know how many times, but I couldn't move away from the fact that it was so perfectly engineered. I mean, it was crazily perfect. It was like perfect precision the edges and it was very simple right? it was basically a rectangle uh, with the edges maybe angled at a 45 but it wasn't a 45 degree it was a different degree because you know I can tell degrees but it would look very elegant but very very fine very perfect much like you know when when you have say a mechanical piece of machinery uh, if you've ever seen a you know a pugani you know the the gear shifter on those things they look like a piece of art not a, like a single gram of extra material is on it uh, any more or any less it's just like art in perfection and it's the simplest form that's what art is right the simplicity of beauty that's what makes it beautiful um and that's what nature is. That's the way this sarcophagus was. Uh, or like a great painting. There's not like on a great painting, you know, if you're if you're not familiar with, you know, paintings, right, like I'm not, you look at it and it's like, wow, it's a beautiful painting. But if you're, say, a master painter, you would understand the brush strokes, the layers and all the depth that it takes to make a great painting. And there's not one excess paint stroke or one less it's just in perfection it's that simplicity say of beauty or simplicity of art that makes it you know perfect so same thing with this sarcophagus and i don't know why it just intrigued me you know like the angles it wasn't you know they were 90 degree angles but they were like a precision 90 degree it wasn't like 90 point five degrees it wasn't it just felt so precise like like l better than laser precision the the leveling on this right uh, and again i'm kind of like an architect type you know uh designer type build houses and all that so i i, I tend to notice these things these incongruencies like if a wall plate is off you know just by a little bit i can, my eye can tell so so I was intrigued. The the level, if you put a level on this, you know, on the top of this, um, it wasn't leveled by just, you know, a water bubble. 
and you know human eye literally i think it was like a laser level it was just it was just in such perfection and i'm going wow that is really impressive to have say my tomb in that precision and it was just the design you know it's just like that i loved you know it like would resonate say me and it, it was like it's the perfect shape very simple but elegant and very well um very progressive let's say or very advanced you could just tell uh i walked around it just amazed at all the detail and again it was very simple uh, but there's something that intrigued me uh, and it was made out of this stone it kind of looked like not marble but granite you know the darker granite with like patches of, of like black granite and then you know a little lighter you know uh, not gray but like kind of a lighter gray but then the black the black granite as as I walked around and kept staring at it, maybe for the 13th or 100th time, um, I couldn't get over it. Um, it was blacker than black. And I started to notice it because it started to intrigue me. It's like, wow. Because you know, the surface was just so smooth that it was intriguing. It's like, how did it get that? that surface so smooth and you know to the touch it was like silky smooth although it was made of some sort of stone um, and that was the intriguing part because the black the darker black it wasn't the color black it was it was a black hole there's like bits of black holes. There was no time in space. And I'm going, whoa. And I, and I jumped back, even in my vision, it's like, how did that happen? Right? And I started to see this from a very different perspective. I started to see the surface again, and it's like, it, it didn't really move but it wasn't really there and it was there because you know all the black spots were black holes so the only thing that was there was you know what was solid but then the black holes were like solid as well when you rub you know when you you know um rub your hand against it so that was intriguing um and then as i walked around it wasn't a tombstone but it was a plaque that was buried, you know, in the grass. And I stepped over it, finally this time around, and I looked down and I read it and it was kind of like a riddle to me. You know, it said, a man is who he is. And I'm going, well, yeah, that makes sense. A man is who he is, right? And I, and I'm going, why would they say that? Of course a man is who he is. And then, you know, I looked around and I came to, you know, this big tombstone. And you know how, you know, it gives you all the highlights of how great that person was. Okay? I started noticing it, but it was in a different language. And I'm going, wow, that's interesting. And it wasn't like Chinese or, you know, Arabic or anything like that. It was just like, in a different language, like maybe an alien language. I'm going, wow, okay. Uh, and I passed by it, and I started to think, well, I wonder how many people showed up at my service. And it was shown to me, right? As soon as I asked that question, over to the left, so sarcophagus was on the right, over to the left I look, and there's like billions and billions billions of people and I'm thinking you know maybe it's like you know just maybe the family it's a small get-together and so on like that right uh, but no these are like billions it's like pretty much the world population I'm going wow that's really impressive right and then I started to realize that it wasn't my funeral and I'm going wow that's really interesting 
whose funeral is it? So, you know, all these thoughts went through my head on whose funeral it was. You know, maybe a great leader, you know, great uh, I don't know, heads of state or, you know, a religious leader. And it just didn't feel right to me. So I asked some other questions uh, and they showed me. And I can't quite remember what those questions were, but it, it, it was quite intriguing and maybe later you know, as, as comes, you know, posted on Instagram or something. So, um, so I turn around, you know, to this long tombstone. And this is where it gets really more intriguing. Because I look at it, again, it was a language that I've never seen before. And then I'm going, I wonder what it says. And then it turns into the language that I can read. And I'm going, wow, that's really intriguing, right? And I'm going, how does that work? And then, you know, this knowing or a voice comes up. It's like, well, no matter who you are, no matter where you are in the universes, it will turn into the language that's yours. And that was intriguing, but I'm going... You know, this this voice says the universes. It's not a voice; it's just a knowing. And I'm going universes. What is that about? You know, because it's like I thought it was just about us, this here Earth. And then that's where I started to realize: well, I wasn't on Earth. I don't know where I was, but it wasn't Earth. Well, it felt like it. Uh, it felt like home. Like the real home. Okay? I mean, Earth feels like home, but this was like your real home. Uh, and I'm going, wow, where where exactly am I? And, you know, in that knowing, um, you know, I, I start to, you know, and it, and it was telling me some other things about, you know, how long it's been, you know, what this is about to, um, not really what it's about, about just, uh, just sorry, I skipped a step. So you know, I started to read, you know, what I thought it was the tombstone, and as I started reading it, I started to realize whose funeral it was. Uh, and as I read it, it felt like it read like accomplishments of, say, a model say like a, you know, say like Apple had, this is this huge realization, I'm going, where the hell am I? Say like, you know, you walk into Apple, right? Apple headquarters. I'm sure they probably have a showcase of all the inventions that they've had, right? From the first iPhone to the next generation, to the next generation, to the next generation. And then beside every iPhone, you know, the capabilities of that iPhone. So as I'm reading this, I'm looking at it and they're talking about, say, the human race and what was different about this model, the model of, that's in the sarcophagus. And I'm reading it and in this model, what was achieved is the is that level of consciousness that we get to really understand that we are of a grander self. Like before, you know, we always thought there was a grander self. You know, we had illusions of what it might be, you know, something that's out there, you know, your spirit, all the definitions of spirit that, you know, isn't really, say, solid, it's not really factual or anything like that. But in this model, is like a, a coherent definition of what, say, your higher or your real consciousness is about. So humans understanding that they are of a grander self. Now, that sounds like, well, humans knew that a long time ago. No, they didn't. They had concepts. They had ideas. It's kind of like, you know, having thoughts of flying, 
you don't know how to fly until or the, what the mechanics of flight is until you create that airplane or a mechanism that can take you into flight, right? So again, there was thoughts, there was ideas, there was beliefs on what that was about, about what your higher consciousness or what your spirit was about, but not as a solid, factual, say, evidence. And that's what this new model or this latest model that I guess was dead was about. And that's the realization, you know, after I read this, um, and that's the realization that, that I'm going, oh, wow. It was the death. It wasn't really a death. It was the end of this model of humans. So as I look back, and then I read, you know, the, what's buried uh, on that on that uh, in the ground, uh, a man is who he is, and it dawned on me. So that knowing came into me. It's like. Well, a man is who he is. So think of it. So basically, what it's saying is that a man is who he is. So the identity or the sample of the man, right, or that human or that person named Bob, basically that identity is who he is, well, the model number, basically, or of this generation, and that's who you are, right? So, and then you throw your own spice of personality and so on like that. But the underlying core is still the same, right? Say you get the same model of a Volkswagen bug, right? And you color it, you doctor it, whatever it is, that bug is what it actually is, right? That's the model of the bug, the VW bug. Same thing with this. And I'm going, holy crap. So now we're not even human. We're just literally versions, different version of human. And then I look back, and I kind of gave it away uh, when I said, like, you know, you walk into an Apple, you know, headquarters of Apple, and there's just different versions I look back and I'm going, wow, I'm not, I'm not in a cemetery. I don't know where I am, but it seems like they design humans. But it didn't feel like a factory or anything like that. It was more of, <clears throat> say, where home was, and that's why it felt so at home. I was at a level where it was just like, say, your spirit consciousness, or as I call your vital force consciousness, right? without any filters of who we are as humans. So there was no human form, literally. So I was in this, uh, if you want to call it a manufacturing facility, or a headquarters of how the spirits, if you want to call it that, but not just, and by the way, spirits, so whether you're an alien or a human or whatever else, uh, usually, well, if you're not human, you're alien, right, of a foreigner or of some other identity, the spirit, whether you're an alien <clears throat> or human, is the same. It's just transformed itself into, say, a different platform. Again, human, alien whatever race that might be. Um, so I was in the headquarters of, say, spirits. And, and they were kind of like, say, figuring out, say, the next version. So, so, tw so in 2020, basically, it was, or in 2019, um, it was the death of this version of what we call normal, everyday humans. 
well, the Homo sapiens, right? the race that we are here, the species that we are here, basically, there will be no more of these species. That was the last manufacturing one. And this is really evident. It's very impactful because, especially with like EI, exponential intelligence, uh, babies coming up, they're really bright, they're really powerful. They dictate their environment, they recreate it. They don't take any garbage uh, passed on from their parents. And many of you can attest to that who have had kids, you know, practicing, you know, EI. Um, but that's a future topic. Um, going back to the other, say, seven, so I'm looking back, and this knowing tells me that, well, since the dawn of humans, there's been, say, seven generations of humans. Uh, the last version, again, ended, or the last update of this human ended in 2019. So now there are some, you know, as I go back, again, there's so, I think even like in today's history, if you, you know, I think scientists have looked, you know, there's a human form. Some of them are really tiny. Some of them are big. So, right in human, it's not just like one human, and then we think, oh, alien, alien uh, bones were found, and so on. No, it was just a different human. It was just like a test run. You know, back in the day, we had like big clunky phones, and then they were really thin. You know, really compact, and now we got the bigger phones. So same with humans, you know, we basically, they were just, they were, or we were just testing out different versions of ourselves. Sometimes those humans say went extinct and they would be say tens of thousands of years to them, maybe the next week. But for, for human time, you know, 10,000 or 20,000 gaps in between say the different versions of humans in this latest version of human, they just won't create this version of human anymore. So, so there's so there's no gap. Okay, there's no space where all humans went went extinct, so to speak, and then regenerated again. Um, so, in the new version, so we're still kind of like in the test run of this new version of human that's coming up. So, and this is where we come in because we would be considered, say, the scientists to go, hey, you know, we can do this in the next version. Let's put this into the next version of humans. Let's put this into the next version of humans. Let's try this on the next version of humans. So in the future, what we're doing as a society here today is going to dictate not norm, not in a normal way, but in a very different way, what the future human can evolve into. And the cool thing about this, and it really hit home for me, is that well, all the distortions, so the lack, the abuse pattern, the control systems, and all that, ended with this version of human as well. So... And what hit home for me is like, oh my God, this is the new consciousness that, say, I've envisioned and, you know, maybe helped create as well, is like, so this is what it's all about. It's not just, say, a consciousness, right? It's not just the operating system, but in the future, and maybe past our lives, we'll start to see a redefinition of, say, human, that, say, can exist more readily without all the baggage right from the get-go. So imagine how far advanced we could go because there's no more baggage to really control us or hold us down. We would literally go into the next step of being limitless. It was quite an amazing vision, um, and it took.
took me about a day or two to really, you know, integrate the knowledge. Obviously, there was more knowledge than just what I could say, you know, mentally hold on to. Uh, and I was as, just like EI, as I was, say, seeing this vision, it wasn't just mental knowledge. Like my physical form was, say, getting upgraded to the new form, to the new model, say, of human. So we'll see where it happens. We'll see where it goes on that. So, and this is and this is what the cool thing is. It's not just me. Many of you in the near future will start to, and many of you have started to change uh, already. That new identity, that new sense of self. So it's not just uh, it's not just say a belief system. It's something that's more solid than that. It comes from, say, solid, say, evidence. Uh, and we'll see in the near future, say, what the new humans do. Um, but, and the 2020 foresight I talk about, say, with the new possibilities of what humans can do. So, uh, Quite an interesting vision. I want to know your thoughts. So comment in at Moss E-I, Moss E, M-A-S-E-I, at MossSajati.com. Give me any questions, any feedback, any thoughts. Uh, It'd be fantastic to hear from you. Uh, It'd also be fantastic to understand that as I've gotten upgraded, many of you have felt that upgrade and you've got upgraded on your own as well. So give me thoughts on that as well especially the last say from January you know third fourth fifth backwards uh, about two three weeks so like say December 20th to say January 5th around that time frame right tell me your story send in your story as always as we end notice what you notice And then notice the details of what you're noticing.